And that will redirect you to a page. And what you want to do there is just want to put uh, the, the discount code of uh, ASH, right? And then you get the product for free. Okay? Awesome. So ASH. Okay. So it's Funnel Crash with Ash. <laughs> funnel Crash with Ash. Ash's Funnel Crash. James Schramko here from superfastbusiness.com. And you're listening to my friend Ash Hoy on ProductiveInsights.com. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to www.productiveinsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. Hello, this is Ash Roy, the founder of ProductiveInsights.com and the host of the Productive Insights podcast. Welcome to episode 157, which you can access by going to ProductiveInsights.com forward slash 157. Please do stop by and share your thoughts in the comment section. We'd love to hear from you. Today, I have a very special guest who's chosen Productive Insights to announce his new product. I'm very honored that our guest, Bastian, Ernst has chosen the Productive Insights platform to announce this product, particularly because this product is about respect-based marketing. It's about being relevant to your audience and not about spamming them. And I'm all for that. So when Bastian reached out to me and asked if he could announce his product on the Productive Insights podcast, I was truly honored and I'm delighted to have him on. This episode is brought to you by the Productive Insights podcast editing service, which takes away all the pain of podcast editing. All you do is upload your audio file onto Dropbox and we take care of publishing the episode onto your WordPress site and onto iTunes. Book a call with me on callashroy.com to find out how to get started today. Be sure to stay tuned in to the end of this episode because at some point during the episode, we're going to share a little gift we have for you and I think you'll find it quite valuable. Now, without further ado, here is Bastian Ernst, the founder of wildaudience.com. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast. Today's guest left a safe home in Austria to seek his fortune in Silicon Valley. His journey is as inspiring as it is courageous. He reached out to me recently because he was very inspired by my conversation with Andre Chaperon in episode 140. And... Our guest demonstrated that he's a keen student of Andre's techniques in his email, which was an awesome pitch, by the way. Bastian, <laughs> Bastian is the founder of wildaudience.com and believes in respect-based marketing, which is all about being relevant and useful to your audience via valuable and interesting content. So I'm really pleased to welcome Bastian Ernst from wildaudience.com. Welcome, Bastian. Hey, Ash, what's up? Good to be here. Good to have you on the show, man. Uh, now, you're at the ripe age of what looks like 21. You have... <laughs> you have you I'm have a little achieved, bit older. You're a little bit older. Okay, 22. You've achieved a lot in, <laughs> in your short time here on Earth. So let's talk a little bit about it. Why don't you give us a quick overview on your background and you know how you set out from Austria to find yeah. your your fortune you sound like arnold schwarzenegger but i can't say you're quite as heavily set as him and, and that's probably a good thing but yeah why don't you tell us your story mate yeah sure man um 
So I was always, you know, into startups, starting my own company. Um, but I grew up in Austria, which is kind of different than like the US or like what we know from the whole Silicon Valley kind of thing. It was always my dream. Like with 14, I was like, one day I want to be there. And then there was this one founder called Steli Efti from Close.io and he was doing this he was like a keynote speaker at this event in Vienna and I saw him and I was like, you know, I fell in love with him and like his approach. I was like, I want to work for this guy. I want to work for this guy. And basically I became the most annoying, you know, 18 year old, 19 year old and just hustled my way to get an internship for him, with him. And wow. that's kind of like, that was my one way ticket to Silicon Valley. Um, I closed him and, um, and then I started to work with him. That's kind of like where I learned everything, the trenches about marketing sales. Um, he was kind of like my mentor. He is still. And, um, that's kind of like is, or is the foundation of everything what I do now. Okay. So how did that then lead you to Andre Chaperon and what is common between your mentor and Andre? Yeah. So Andre, so actually a totally two type of uh, people. Uh, Steli is very outgoing, is an amazing um, storyteller, amazing communicator. And Andre is uh, the behind the scene guy. He's an introvert. He told me that. Yeah, he's yeah, a screen guy, right? He's like, you know, he's, the way he writes, I love the way he writes. Um, and basically, I was, in, I was in Costa Rica, so I moved down from, you know, from Silicon Valley down to Costa Rica and, and Panama, because Silicon Valley is really expensive if you don't have a job, if you start your own company, uh, you don't have, you know, funding, Silicon Valley is not doable. So I moved down south to save costs. And, but I had a friend from, from Silicon Valley, and he said, hey, dude, I just um, got this product from, from this guy called Andre. And every single person I'm going to hire, I'm going to make that person go through his course. And right. that was, and that's kind of like how I found out about Andre. You know, I signed up for his email list like so many other people. Um, saw the second email, read it, bought. And, and I was just hooked. So that's kind of like got me inspired with the whole kind of the way Andre does uh, email marketing. And now what I do is kind of like is, uh, is uh, took it to the next level in terms of automation, in terms of tech. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like the, the background. So after you reached out to me in that very comprehensive pitch email, I actually reached out to Andre and said, hey, have you heard of this guy? And he said, yeah, he's bought all my stuff. So I was like, wow, okay, <laughs> so this guy is the real deal. Okay, can you right. tell us a bit about respect-based marketing and how it is different from the scarcity-based product launch model, which seems to be at the other extreme of the spectrum, and how you've implemented it and what results you've achieved. Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, so when I started out, I was like, okay, I gotta rule this whole internet marketing game, right? I wanna learn it. And I basically started out like everyone does. Um, so, you know, I created email sequences, email campaigns, I had countdown timers, I have had urgency, I had bonus one, two, three, four, and five, I had webinars, special offers, I had launches, promotions, discounts, right? I, I can like play the game like most people do, right? Yeah. Um, but I really didn't like it because mm. it was there. I had to look, I had to use a lot of sale, um, fake sales pressure, mm. meaning there are only 10 pieces available and I knew it wasn't true. Right. Yeah. And people are savvy to that these days. So. Right. Exactly. And, and then what I don't like about the whole approach is that is um, you got to base your whole revenue game on a promotion, on a yeah. launch, right? Meaning, so if you if you were like one of uh, the companies who, you know, is, 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 is dependent on launches, meaning you do two launches, one in spring, one in autumn, right? If you screw up or your email system screws up because of a buck or whatever, right? You are screwed, right? And I'll um, tell you what else about launches. A million dollar launch or multi-million dollar launch doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be 
million dollars in profit after refunds and after all the expenses and having paid affiliates and all that sort of stuff there's not often a lot of money left over and it's a lot of energy that it takes to actually yep. do a launch so you got to ask yourself you know is it really worthwhile exactly and that's kind of like the second thing like there is literally a work marathon in front like before all the like months and months of preparation time which you know uh, which is required for a launch it's just huge, right? And then if something happens, um, you're pretty much screwed, right? So this part plus using all that fake scarcity, I didn't really like it. I didn't want to be dependent on it. What I'm saying is it's it, all doing all of this, um, I'm not saying like count on timers are bad or using a discount is bad. What I'm saying is using everything at the same time plus being dependent on it, that's not the kind of approach I would like to I, I would like to run my business um, and that's kind of like why I choose Evergreen. That's why I choose respect. That's why I choose relationship, which are elements, business elements, which, which have ever, which has you know always been there and will never change. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's why I like it so much. And then on top of that, you can do your you know birthday promotion. You can do your Christmas promotion and so on. But you don't you, you're not re- uh, dependent on it. And that's kind of like what I like. Can you explain to our listeners and viewers how Evergreen is different mm-hmm. to launches? Yeah, for sure. Um, so basically, the, the the big difference is that you know uh, Evergreen is it's an asset. Okay, it's an asset mindset. Meaning, if you create an email sequence, if you create a webinar, right? If you create a sales page or an offer, right? You you know set, you set out, you build it, you create it. You probably have to tweak it two times, three times until it's you know uh, it's it's how you want it to be. But then it's there and it runs and runs and runs 24/7/365, right? It's an asset, right? Yeah. So it takes time to build it, but once it's there, it's there and it's your it's your engine, right? Versus if you have a, a promotion or a launch, right? You do that launch and then you launch and then it's over, right? Of course, you can then some like some other you know big gurus they then turn this thing evergreen. Um, yes. But again, then it's 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 fake, right? Um, so they tell you, okay, uh, it's gonna close and it's the only launch we do every year. And I'm like, that's just not how I want to do business, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like what the difference is. Okay, so we've talked a bit about evergreen and how that is at one end of the spectrum for the purposes of this conversation and how launches are at the other end of the spectrum. I like what you say about it being an asset because I agree. I think a launch is more like a short-term drive and I don't think it's necessarily a long-lasting asset, but an evergreen funnel is a long-term asset. So let's talk about how you build these multi-channel evergreen sales funnels using emails, bots, and retargeting funnels. Yeah. One thing I would would like to add uh, uh, for the the previous question is um, what an evergreen, you know, funnel allows you to offer your services and and products all the time, meaning people can buy your stuff all the time. In my opinion, that allows you to serve your clients, um, you know, at a higher level, because if if you have a launch and you're not open right now, people cannot buy. Right. So they got to wait and so on. Right. So that's another thing, which is, I think, really important. Now, let's talk about what you what you what you said before, how you actually build those things. Right. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, if you have an evergreen machine or an evergreen engine, yeah. um, this means once it's built, you can throw as much traffic on it as you want. And the cool thing is, you know that this traffic, these people are taken care of, yes. meaning a relationship is created, trust is created, the, the necessary beliefs are installed. And then once you know you lead them to the conversion event, which is the sales pitch, the webinar or whatever, the sales call, the one on one meeting yeah. and you close them. Right. So how do you do that? Right. Um, is there a specific kind of like, um, 
do you want to take a specific company like an online business or a software business? A lot of my clients are lawyers. So let's take a legal firm. Okay. So a legal firm. Okay. So um, what you could do is you could, um, you know, go to you know, a hall or someone on the street and, and shout around, hey, who wants to buy my stuff, right? <laughs> one way of doing that stuff. Or you kind of like um, step one, you, you go one step before that and you start educating people. Meaning, um, let's say it's a, it's a legal advisor for, you know, startups, people who want to, you know, start a company. There's lots of, you know, founders that don't know about the whole legal stuff. Like, I have no clue, right? So, I usually, I go to Google to find uh, the solution to my problem, right? Yeah. An, an answer to yeah. my question, right? Uh, and that's kind of like where you start as a company, right? So, you want to, you know, you want to put out a PDF. Yeah. You're going to run a Facebook ad. Hey, are you starting a company but not sure how legal stuff works? Yep. You're going to click that ad. You're going to go to that 10-page PDF, right? It's called the lead yep. magnet. You want to qualify the, qualify the, uh, the right people um, and filter out the wrong people, right? It acts as a, a magnet, right? Then they sign up with their email address and first name, meaning they enter your world, your funnel, right? Yeah. And now it's your job to get that person from uh, the lead magnet all the way to, con to the conversion event, okay? And, and yep. you got to bridge this by installing the right beliefs. Because, just imagine, if you wanna to go to a supermarket, yeah. you're not gonna buy an orange if you don't believe an orange is yummy or healthy, right? You first have to believe that, then you will buy it. And that's yeah. in every um, scenario in life, right? You have a belief system, I have a belief system. That's how we yeah. run through the, the planet, right? The, the earth, right? And the same is, uh, is, is true for buying stuff, right? We only buy stuff if we truly believe it helps us or helps us to achieve stuff. Let me just stop you there for a second. So, yes. in the launch model then, Yes. We're often trying to gloss over the belief, do you think? Because we're trying to really push the scarcity button really hard and we're activating the fear of missing out. And the person is not necessarily aligned from a belief perspective. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Um, I mean, in the launch model, they still use belief, installing beliefs. They have, you know, video one, two, three, and four, and then they're going to talk about, uh, they're going to make sure the right beliefs are installed if the entrepreneur knows how to do that. But... It's exactly what you said. We push people into a position where they maybe don't want to be because they're not ready yet. Yeah. Right. And if you want to, you know, if you want to actually serve your people the right way or the way you want to do it, like Arne Shepard, who always talks about uh, the strategy of preeminence. And it's, yeah. I think it's so important because if you actually, you know, want the best for your client, you pull that person, you know, closer to you and you will have a long term relationship. Yes. Which is very beneficial, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So going back to the implementation part, right? We have um, between the lead magnet and the conversion magnet, which is the sales call, the webinar, we want to in install all the beliefs. And that's, that's what we threw, do through emails, bot sequences, evergreen retargeting funnels, and so on. Marketing is, is conversation, right? It's communication, right? Yes. And, and this communication is all about installing these beliefs, right? Yeah. So before you actually write your email sequ sequence, your ad retargeting funnel, your bot funnel, you got to think about what does my customer avatar needs to believe before she or he can accept the desire or need of my product or service, right? Okay, and yep. once you know that, you want to map those beliefs onto your funnel. Yes. You install all the right beliefs and then once that person shows up for the webinar or the sales call, he or she's, uh, you know, is ready, right? And ready to pull up the credit card and pay you money because they believe all the beliefs. Okay. Yep. And because it solves a problem. Exactly. Okay. All right. So... Tell me a little bit more about the bots. Yeah. 
Cool. Um, so for us, so bot is a super hot topic, right? Especially a year ago, it was extremely hot. Um, I, I remember how I jumped on it and I was just super, you know, excited to you know, try out the different tools and like build yeah. it out. And, and now, right now, we are at a stage where the tools, which allows you like ManyChat, um, allow you to actually build bot sequences, which are really, really cool and uh, sophisticated. Um, so what, what we have found is, and this really depends on the industry you're in, but what we have found looking at our clients is that email is still the foundation of your communication channel. It's, it's a primary one. It's the main one. Okay. okay. And yep. then you can support this main channel through a bot sequence, through an ad retarding funnel and so on. Um, and that's what we do. We have the email funnel. And on top of that, we have the bot funnel. The cool thing is. Since the, the the email system, like Active Campaign, Drip, or whatever, Infusionsoft, Mailchimp, that yeah. acts as your you know your your CRM. You have all your yes. you know customer lead data there, and then you can sync the data between the bot system, the email system. You have all the email addresses, the the custom fields available, uh, and then you can actually personalize the whole experience. It's really cool. When I spoke to Luria Petrucci, who's live streaming queen, in fact, she just spoke at Social Media Marketing World, I believe. I wonder how it went, but mm-hmm. she was saying. You know, you can use bots very effectively. And, and we started a bit of banter about bots and I talked about bad bots and how bots yeah. can be really annoying. Yeah. Can bots be used for good? Yeah, <laughs> good question. So with bots, and I actually have, had to learn this the hard way. Um, I had, I think, four iterations until I, I kind of like, discovered a way of using bots that actually made sense and um, like people actually liked it. Um, yeah. So with bots, you really got to be careful um, because it's Facebook, it's, it's a private area, right? Uh, you, you really want to set the stage. So for example, once someone joins my bot, the first thing I say, hey, what's up? This is not a real human. I'm just uh, bust this funnel bot. You right. can always unsubscribe from a message by clicking this button, right? I like that. And then yeah. are, you, are you good with that, right? And they need to confirm, right? And that acts as the double opt-in, right? Yeah. Um, and then they move forward, right? Yeah. Um, that's one way of doing this, right? And then how I like to do it, most entrepreneurs who use bots, they have a one or two step you know, messaging process. They send you a message, hey, it's, it's Bastion, um, I have this really cool PDF, you wanna check it out, yes, no, it's, click yes, they can download it, right? What I like to do is, I like to mimic conversation. So if you check out my bot, you will actually feel like, oh, this is a true conversation. Um, and what, what the challenge here was at the beginning was too long, then it was too short, and I think now I found the sweet spot. But how do you mimic a conversation with a bot? Like using a bot? It's, 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 you make it fun. You may actually make the, the conversation fun. You give them choices, right? You, you have, you personally, if they say A, they go down the A path. If they say B, they go down the B path. And then you use gifts and it's, it's really fun, actually. You enjoy the conversation. But the thing is, it doesn't have, it shouldn't be too long. Otherwise, people get bored. Um, so you got to find a sweet spot. For, for bots, what we have found, actually, that's an interesting metric. So just last week, um, we had a little promotion, right? To an internal promotion um, for one of our products. And we send out, uh, to, to our bot subscribers and we send out the promotion to our email subscribers. Okay. And bots, what's crazy, if, if you, if you have, you know, 5,000 bot subscribers and you send out a bot message, you will feel like a celebrity because your whole phone will go crazy with notification. It's like, it's crazy. It's like a thunderstorm, you know? Um, it's like you get people to act really, really fast. So if you do a Facebook live, a webinar, like to, to remind people, boom, they're there. You send out a bot message and instantly you get like a lot of people to show up, right? That's why bots are great. But what we have found is, the, the ROI, we sent, us, we sent less emails than bot messages, but made more revenue. 
And that yeah. was just last weekend. We actually made almost double the amount of revenue with less email subscribers than we have bot subscribers. So we have high open rates, higher click rates with bots, but we made less money than with email. And I was like, huh, that's very interesting. Why do you think that is? I'm not sure. I really don't know. That's something we need to, um, to explore more. Uh, but it was a very interesting stat. You talked about you know, marketing being a conversation and Chris Garrett, who I interviewed in episode six, that was many moons ago, Chris Garrett is from Copyblogger. He said that content marketing is a conversation that is happening between a buyer and a seller right now out there. Mm -hmm. The question for you as a seller is, do you want to be a part of that conversation or not? Because it's happening anyway. And I really like that point. And I think that if you see marketing as a conversation and see it as something that is collaborative and something that you expect to have back and forth with with a customer, then it's a lot more comfortable for all parties concerned. Yeah. Okay, so now let's talk about how you stack front-end, core, and back-end funnels together to increase your mm -hmm. return on investment or ROI. Yeah, that's, I, I really love that. Um, and just yesterday I had a conversation with, a, with a, uh, an entrepreneur about this. So basically what most businesses do, what entrepreneurs do, they have a core business, meaning they sell a subscription, they sell an app, right? Um, they sell a software, an online course, right? whatever it is, a service, right? And they you know, drive Facebook ads or what kind of, kind of uh, traffic to this core product, right? They spend some money and then they get an ROI, right? What, so what we like to do is we kind of like, like to put uh, an educational business in front of the core business, meaning this educational business is the front, okay? Yep. Then with the core and then with the back, right? And what you want to do is you first want to kind of like drive people to a lead magnet, as I said before, to a PDF, right? It's yep. for free, right? Yep. Um, and then you want to you do one thing, okay? You want to qualify your bias. And the way you do this is by offering an educational product. So let's, let's take an example. Um, one of my clients, they sell kind of like an app about biohacking, right? So how to be more efficient, um, how to you know, live healthier and stuff like that, right? So biohacking is a, a big thing, right? And there are lots of questions and you can educate a lot around the topic, right? So, and so the core is about, is an app, it's a subscription, okay? Mm -hmm. That's the core. Um, and they try to sell that. But when I came in, I said, hey guys, People are very interested in biohacking. Let's teach around that topic, right? So yeah. we had a free PDF and then we had a small online course for 10 bucks. That online course was basically all about biohacking and how to be, you know, work, you know, more efficient and so on, right? Some people, actually 8% of that, of that percentage of the people who come in, they bought that, right? So that's just 10 bucks. But then you have upsell one and two and we had an average order value of 42, right? And just with the front end, we were profitable, meaning... We got paid to get people to check out the core versus how yes. it's the tr traditional ways to have ads to the core and you actually, you have a trial and then you, you have an ROI, right? But this way, we turned it around and we actually got paid for, uh, for people actually checking out the core, which is really cool. That's often called a self-liquidating offer, right? When you have that initial offering, what digital marketer guys call the tripwire, that initial offering effectively offsetting your ad costs. If you make money on that, then all the better. You get, you're getting paid for people to look at your core offering. Exactly. And then you, you can use a tripwire, as you said, it's around 10 bucks. You can liquidating offering is around 30 bucks, or you have kind of like a free plus shipping, which is more like a book. Uh, people like Russell Branson do this a lot, right? They, they have the book uh, just for the shipping 10 bucks, and then they get people, you know, in, into the, into the world. They pay them to be part of that world. And then they upsell click funnels, for example. You know, what else is interesting about those? They give you the free book and you just pay for shipping, but 
in a high proportion of cases, you can't pay by PayPal. You got to pay by Visa card, and you got to give them mm-hmm. a shipping address because they're mm-hmm. shipping a physical book. And now they can send you lumpy mail. So mm-hmm. they are, have taken the conversation completely offline, and mm-hmm. they can deliver a better experience. That is a hidden price you pay in a sense because you're giving them your address. Right. Uh, very interesting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And lumpy mail is quite effective because who doesn't love receiving something physical, you know, even if it's a little postcard or something, it, it really helps you to stand out from the competition. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you get people with a self-liquidating offer going into your front end offer or your tripwire. And of course we know that if someone buys a tripwire, they're far more likely to then convert into a higher end customer because that relationship has changed from being just a browser to a customer, even if it's a dollar. Exactly. And the propensity for them then to become a customer to a higher end products is greater. So you do that. And then let's say they buy the core offer. Then what happens? Back end funnel? Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Real quick on, on the front, real quick. So basically, the, the, the buyer, the, the chance of the, getting them to buy is higher because they're buyers, right? Yeah. And what we do is we get them into our customer. So we have on our website, you know, every customer, they, they log in and they can check out the products and download them and use them, right? Meaning that's the hangout where all our other customers hang out. They see the social proof, they see all the, the faces who are there, they see the other products as well, right? So we put to get them into our customer kind of like area, right? Plus, we put them into the Facebook group where only customer stuff is happening, right? So they get exposed to all that other stuff and all the other customers right and that's what you want because the ideal scenario is not you selling your stuff to to the people yes. the ideal scenario is the customer selling your products to new people right or front end customers that's what you want so you're talking about community yes for example we had one guy brian he, he posted into a group and he said hey i'm thinking of uh, buying relationship funnel which is my my core product um should i do it and i didn't write I was actually sleeping. I woke up in the morning. I saw five comments of existing customers, RF customers. Dude, you should do it. It's awesome. Best investment ever, right? And I was like, you know, I woke up in the morning and the guy bought, right? Because my existing customers saw the new customer, right? And that's because we put them into the community. That's the ultimate social proof, right? Exactly, right? Yeah. So, so c- coming back to your, your previous question, um, so what's happening in the back end, right? So we have the front end, we have the core, right? Um, and now the back end, right? And that's re- this really depends on what you want to do, but ideally you want to get recurring revenue, right? That's the holy grail of business. So whatever this is, if this is, a, if this is software, do it, right? If it's a subscription, if it's a coaching container, an agency container, that's what we do here. So we have, uh, we have coaching and in the future we also want to do software, right? That's kind of like what's happening in the back end. Yeah. So, and, and the cool thing is that the front gets people in, right? Gets them actually, we get the, we can decrease the ROI time, meaning we get our ROI back faster. We can reinvest that money into ads to yeah. fuel growth, right? And then the core and the front end together kind of like helps to install all the beliefs and readies them for um, the recurring business then, you know, the monthly, whatever this is. Okay, cool. And, you know, recurring income cannot be stressed enough over the long term, whatever form you have it in. I spoke to Amy Porterfield recently in episode 145 and we actually touched on this. She sells courses and I said to her, but have you thought of the recurring income model? And she actually said something very interesting. She said, because we have a component of our customers paying over a 12-month period that effectively becomes like a recurring income element. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's a very good point. Now, when it comes to selling your business or getting a loan from a bank, 
I know because my background is in banking and they love stable income streams. They just love those. So, you know, you could have a stable income stream that is 80% annual income, say, this, I'm just pulling numbers out of the air here, but let's say 80% of a very lumpy income stream, but the stable income stream would still look more attractive to an investor. So that's something to keep in right. mind as well for long term. If you want to know more about creating a good sellable business, I did an interview with a guy called Jeff Green. It might have been episode 102, but I can't remember now. But if you just go to ProductiveInsights.com and type in G-E-O-F-F Green, it should come up. He shared some excellent content about exit strategies for businesses. And we touched on recurring income. And he actually works closely with a guy called John Warlow, who wrote about the, I think, the automatic customer, his name of his book. Also, Mm -hmm. I interviewed a lady called Robbie Kelman-Baxter and might have been episode 46 or 42. And she talked about recurring income strategies as well. So that's a good place to go. She's the author of the book, The Membership Economy. Mm. Now, the other person who's really big on recurring income is James Schramko, who's helped me a lot, actually, with my podcast and with my business. He's talked about recurring income in episodes two, episode 50, and episode 152, where he actually talked about his new book, Work Less, Make More, which I also recommend you check out. All right. So you talked a little bit about how you move minds, hearts, and wallets to get Mm -hmm. people to move, feel, bond, and convert, and act like you have shared with your whole string of testimonials. And there's Mm -hmm. hundreds of them, which you shared with me on your pitch. I was really impressed. And (laughs) you can find out more about that at wildaudience.com forward slash love. Tell me a bit about that. How do you move minds, hearts, and wallets to get people to bond convert and fall in love with you yeah so that's that's really interesting and and the way we do it is through a marketing approach called respect based marketing okay and as ash mentioned before i would say go to wildaudience.com slash love kind of like to set the stage okay and on the one hand you want to get your you know clients and and, and uh, and customers results right but on the other hand i think it's also very interesting to kind of see how they feel while they go through your sales process right and the main reason what people say when they become our customers is the reason why i become your customer bastian is because the way i felt when i was sold uh, and i want to create that same experience to my audience as well right Um, so that's the main reason and the way we do this through respect-based marketing so how does it work Um, so i always say you can understand so two things. You can understand that you know the, the currency of business is attention. That's what Gary Vee always says, right? Uh, so if you go through, exactly, right? Um, so if you scroll through Facebook, where do you stop? Kind of like what maintains your attention, right? You got to understand that you need to maintain attention. It's the first thing, and then the second thing, what you need to understand is that you always got to optimize for engagement, and that's what respect-based marketing does. Okay, you want to get people to open more, to click more, and because if you do that, it's just it's it's not rocket science, right? If you have if we both have an email list of 100 people, right? Um, I get 10% to open, you get you know 30% to open, right? You get three times more people to click that link to your sales page, right? Um, or let's say if, if you have, I have 3% click rate, you have 9% click rate, you get three times more people to click, meaning the same amount of traffic, you can achieve more, right? And then on top of that, people who are more, more engaged, they're, they convert higher, right? So that's why we always want to optimize for engagement. How do we do it? 
Let's talk about it. So there are a few ways how you can get people engaged. And we, we, we are now talking about an email sequence, like an email automation. Let's assume it's seven emails, right? Someone signs up for your lead magnet and you want to sell that person a service or product, right? On the webinar or sales call or sales page, right? In between, yeah. you want to bridge that, 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 that um, space with an email sequence or a bot sequence or whatever. Let's take the email sequence, okay? Yeah. Seven emails, and then each email, you got to think about a call to action, okay? So, and we have, for example, email one, our call to action is to respond. We tell them how to respond. We tell them to respond with ready. Okay, it's very easy to do, but if they respond, um, that acts as a micro-investment, meaning throughout the funnel, we're going to increase that request until we arrive at the end with the biggest request, which is pulling out the credit card, right? And buy yeah. our stuff, right? So if someone actually responds to the first email already, and then, and then we have in, in every email, email two to seven, we have frequency selectors, meaning they can choose if they want to receive the next email, the next lesson now or in two days, right? right. So if they click now, the next email, pop, you know, comes into your inbox oh, immediately, cool. right? Okay. Meaning you can decrease your ROI again, right? Because someone could actually, we have an example of a Dutch guy. He's awesome. He, he, he saw my ad in the morning. He loved it. He went through the lead magnet. He went through the sequence in, in, within like all seven emails within an hour. And then on the same day, there was a webinar going on. He joined the webinar bot. Right? Okay. So this is all done using active campaign. Yes. Active campaign. We use active campaign for that. Um, we implement that. It's called the frequency selector. Not yeah. many, actually no one does it. I, I'm not sure why. Um, but it's really cool because it gets people to engage. It's something unique and allows you to decrease our ROI, ROI time. Because if you would have like, like for example, Andre, like everyone has like two days or one day email, uh, wait periods, right? Meaning it usually takes a couple of days until someone can buy your stuff, right? So you're effectively the reducing the sales cycle. You got it. Exactly. Well, um, and that's, that's that's another engagement hack, right? So we get people to respond, you have the frequency selector, and then you have micro-investments micro throughout the whole funnel until you arrive at the end, right? And that's why we get, you know, average uh, click rates. If you go to the love page, you see people getting click rates of 80%, 60%, right? We have one customer who started, before they started to work with us, 1.7, he sells physical products, now gets 58 dot something click rate, click rate, right? Um, so just imagine like you can, what you can achieve with the same amount of traffic just by getting people to click more to your sales pitch. Well, it's a sort of gamification, isn't it? Exactly. Well, there's a couple of things here. You're offering people the opportunity to control the speed at which they're getting it. So that's almost like a game, you know, you, you can exactly. click to get your own morphine dose when you're in hospital. <laughs> so that, that's, that's one thing. The second thing is, it's also reducing the length of the sales cycle. It's a way for them to vote and say, hey, you know what? I like this content. I want to consume more content. I'm in the mindset now. So give it all to me now. Or, you know what? I don't want to get it now. I'll just wait for the next thing to be delivered whenever it's due to come. So that's very interesting. That's a great hack. Active campaign frequency selector. I'm going to be looking that up. Okay, let's talk about how you drive Facebook ads into your relationship funnel and you're achieving a 4x return on investment in 30 days. Tell me how you structure this funnel and how you achieve these results. Yeah, so this is basically a case study we did uh, that was September last year, so 2017. And it's actually a case study we also have on our, on our website. It's our own funnel. It's basically the funnel we just talked about. That's exactly the funnel, right? Um, so we have lead generation ads, we get into the lead magnet, we have the email sequence, we have the bot sequence, and we also have evergreen uh, ad retarding funnels. Meaning, 
um, you know, once someone enters your world, meaning um, signs up for the lead magnet, right? They go through a segmentation interview, four to five questions. With this data, we, we t take the data, we personalize our websites, we personalize our email sequences, we personalize our bot sequence. And that's when they enter our world and they go through it and get sold, right? We saw all the beliefs, right? But we also use Facebook ads as a general there, meaning we have two different, for example, Facebook ads channels there. And the reason I'm saying this is because it's a multi-channel approach, okay? And you can, because people always think about, okay, Facebook ads, Facebook ads, that's how we drive traffic in, but you can also use Facebook ads to deepen the relationship and, and show, for example, social proof. So we have one channel, which is seven ads, right? That, that every ad is shown for two days. And, yes. and it's basically one case study after each other, right? Um, we talk about Joy, and then we introduce this customer, and he achieved this with our product, and so on. So that's a case study uh, at recharging a funnel. It's evergreen, meaning you build it once, and people go into the custom audience, stay for two days, move on to the next one, and so on. You don't touch this thing for, for never, ever again until you want to change the ad, right? So we have a case study, retargeting funnel, and, and then we also have uh, another one where we actually collect the content, which we send out via email, we also put on Facebook. And then, so you can use Facebook ads for lead gen and retarding and building up relationship, right? right. Plus the different channels. That's kind of like how we achieved the, the 4X. So we spent, this case study is about, we spent almost 7K US, so that was 6.9 something. Uh, and we made 26 um, something um, with, with this campaign. And that was September 2017. And I assume you need a certain amount of minimum investment for you to achieve the 4x like you couldn't do it with the dollar for example so what do you think that number is yeah i mean so what we before i did that i was like okay because that my idea was okay how much do i need to spend in order to get 25k in revenue right uh, and basically i mean i created like a google, little google sheet um calculator uh, which showed me exactly how much I can spend because I knew how much a lead approximately cost me uh, because I did Facebook ads before, ads before. Um, so I knew okay how much I can max spend per email address to stay profitable. And with these numbers in mind, I was able to put, I was kind of had the confidence, okay, I'm going to put 7K on the table, I'm going to actually spend it. Um, yeah, so and to answer your question, yeah, if you spend a hundred bucks on Facebook, you know this is this is not going to do much. So we actually, because the data is is, is just too small, right? Uh, you can be lucky and someone buys, and then you think, ooh, I have a great conversion rate, but maybe that was just lucky because this one person bought, right? Um, so yeah, I would also say like spend. Um, so we always say get at least to if you once your funnel is done, it's built, and you want to get it out there. The first iteration is to to get two hundred fifty people into your funnel, right? So if you get 250 times, let's say three bucks, that's your ad budget, right? Out of those, out of those 250 people, around 100 people will go through your email sequence because we have a very, we have a big filter. Um, and then we let this 100 people through and then we tweak it one or two times until we have the funnel ready to scale. Cool. So 250 leads, that's the, the answer to the question. Okay. All right. So tell me about the biggest challenges you've seen people face when it comes to implementing this obviously it's not something you can do overnight that's quite a complex asset that you're building what are the biggest challenges you've seen people face when they try and do this and how do they overcome them yeah so that's the first thing time um and then this asset mindset right they say wow this is so cool i really want it but then they, they think um just yesterday I had someone okay uh, he, he was on a call with me all right i'm gonna go crazy this week and i'm gonna get it done in one day, one week <laughs> it's like um yeah maybe so our fastest customer did it in five days um but this is crazy um so 
I would say at least 30 days, right? It takes yeah. time and people need to understand this because what you do here is you basically create your engine, meaning once it's built, it's built, right? Um, it's the foundation of what you do, right? So it takes time. So that's a difficult part to, to understand and actually also to, to, to be okay with, right? Because people want, they're not patient enough, like, like Gary Vee always says, right? Um, they want it now, 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 right? So it's the first thing. And then I would say the second thing is, is writing. Right. Um, because copy is always if you hire someone, it's going to be the most expensive part of your whole marketing thing. Right. So copy is, is difficult. But the way we solve this is by we have um, kind of like every time I ask you, hey, please write three emails now for your RBS bridge or seven emails for your RBS. Um, but first, have a look at these copy uh, uh, these templates. That's kind of like how we try to um, uh, decrease the size of the problem here, the challenge. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, writing is not easy. I'm a trained writer and I thought I could write before I was trained. And writing yeah. is not about writing grammatically correct stuff or spelling correctly, although that helps. I think it's about being entertaining. You know, one of my mentors, John Morrow, who I learned to write from, said to me, don't think like a writer, think like a street performer. That's the key to being oh. a powerful writer. Your writing has to be so engaging that if someone was reading your article out sitting on the street, someone would stop and listen because it would stop them in their tracks and they'd be late for a meeting with their boss because your content is so fascinating and it's so well presented. Writing is not easy and I agree with you. That's probably why copywriting is so expensive. Building an asset like this is probably best outsourced to a professional because people often say, oh yeah, I can launch a podcast. Like a podcast is another example of an asset. And I have launched podcasts for people. You can find out more if you want. You can go to podcastsetup.com and there's a lot of information there. It's taken three years of podcasting to get to where I am. And it takes a lot of effort and knowledge and experience, which you can't replicate in a month. So I believe that you ultimately pay for things with money or time. And in a lot of cases with elapsed time, because there's some things you just can't learn unless you've spent enough time in the trenches. Right. And I think that's what you're saying as well with your thing that, you know, the fastest you've done is five days, but it probably takes a good 30 days before someone can really understand how the whole process works and really get a feel for the mechanics of it. And then plus you have your iterations, meaning the first version is the first version of your copy is not going to be the rock and roll version, right? <laughs> you have iteration two, three, and so on, right? So yeah, it yeah. just takes time. Yeah. yeah. Ed Dale, who I interviewed in an earlier podcast, he talked about that first draft being the vomit draft. <laughs> I think that wasn't that wasn't a great choice of words, but anyway, I think he was trying to make a point, and that was assume that your first draft is going to be awful. Right. So that's the key. That magic is in the iterations and the iterativeness of the process okay so what are the action steps you would recommend someone listening should take to implement the relationship funnel into their business mm -hmm. yeah it really depends on where you are in your journey if you already have products if you already have a funnel and so on right but we talked about front end we talked about core and back end and all of that stuff right we talked about bot sequences ad returning funnel and then email sequences and personalization all segmentations a lot of stuff things right um but that's not how you start, right? At the beginning, you, you take it easy, right? So what you do is, what you want is, you want to figure out, okay, who is my customer avatar? What is this person's problem? What is this person's goal, right? Then 
you want to think about, okay, what is the belief system, right? What are the beliefs I need to install before I can actually sell my product or service, right? This belief system is, is, is crucial. It's the foundation of your funnel, right? When you ask me, okay, what is the, the main roadblocks? It's copy, it's time, it's asset thinking, but it's also the belief system, right? How can I create a belief system that converts? Because if your belief system is wrong, right, meaning you install the wrong beliefs or you miss out a few important crucial beliefs, your funnel yeah. can be amazing, but if it installs the wrong or missing beliefs, it not, it's not going to convert, right? So with the belief system, people have um, problems. So you want to create your belief system, right? And then you want to map it to your funnel. Okay, where do I install what belief? Is it an email one, two, an elite magnet? Where Where is everything? It's called, this process is called belief mapping, right? Yeah. And once you've that, you have kind of like the foundation. And then you want to start, right? You want to define your lead magnet, and then you want to define, you want to have a core and a lead magnet and an email sequence. That's it, right? You don't care about bots. You don't care about retarding funnels. You don't take care about all that stuff, right? That's kind of like how you want to do it. Okay. So that's an action step. Or a simpler action step would be to just get in touch with Bastion, which brings me to my next point. <laughs> and that is how do people find out more about you? And I believe you have a special offer for our listeners. So would you like to share that with us? Yes, so we have a product called Funnel Crash, and this usually costs 12 bucks. It's one of our front-end products, but we want to give it away for free for you guys, for the listeners uh, of Ash and his podcast. Um, so what you got to do is you go to wildaudience.com slash podcast slash Ash, right? I'm sure we're going to put a, a link in, yeah. in, in the description, and that will redirect you to the page. And what you want to do there is just want to put uh, the, the discount code of uh, ASH, right? And then you get the product for free. Okay. Awesome. A S H. Okay. So it's funnel crash with ash. <laughs> funnel crash with ash. Ash's funnel crash. Now, listen, <laughs> we talked about this before, but I recommend renaming that to Funnel Express. Uh, yeah. I know. And I think you're going to be working on that. So that, that's my bit of copywriting for you. Thanks very much for being on the show, Bastian. It was a real pleasure having you. And I look forward to hearing from our listeners as to what value they got from this episode you can always leave a comment in the comment section thank you very yeah. much for listening if you like the content please subscribe on itunes and please share this content with anybody else you think would find it useful thanks for listening thanks for having me ciao, ciao. thanks for listening to the productive insights podcast you can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today? 